Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Hello and welcome to a very special episode. This is the first in my Summer Saturday Snapshot series where I'm going to take a main idea or topic mentioned in my regular Wednesday episode, and I'm going to dive into it in a little bit more depth and give you some more information on that specific topic. So it's going to air every Saturday, so you're going to get two episodes each week, a Wednesday and a Saturday episode through the month of June and July. So I'm very excited. This is our first one on Saturday. And this is episode number 78, and if you're new around here, hi, I'm Susan, I'm the person behind Shared Teaching, and we are going to dive into talking about alternatives to clip charts today. On Wednesday's episode, if you missed that, it was the best advice for new teachers for their summer, things you can do in summer to get prepared, to get refreshed and ready for your year coming up. And one of the things I talked about was to make sure you have a solid classroom management plan. And part of that classroom management plan is what you should do for your behavior management. What is the at the core of how you're going to wrangle these kiddos <laughs> to do what you want them to do? And one of the ways teachers do that is through a clip chart. And in today's episode, I am going to really urge you to reconsider using a clip chart, if at all possible. I know some schools dictate what we have to use, but maybe there's a little bit of wiggle room in there and you can still use a clip chart, just not in the traditional sense. And that's what I'm going to dive in and discuss with you today. So let's go ahead and get started. So first, let's talk about the downside of traditional clip charts. And there are some problems. In case you're not familiar with what a clip chart is, it's a public display of levels of behavior consequences. It's usually a series of different posters strung together vertically, hung on the wall, and they're divided between positive and negative things with a neutral starting point in the middle. Students clip up for good behavior and clip down for bad behavior or warnings. So you hear teachers a lot of times say, move your clip when a student is in trouble. So the first problem with clip charts is that they can be seen as publicly shaming students that have difficulty following the classroom rules. And if you've been in a classroom and you've done your your student teaching, if you're a newer teacher, you know that there's always those kids that have a lot of trouble following directions. Maybe they have ADHD, maybe there's something else going on with them, learning disabilities, maybe they're just immature for their age. 
But these students need a lot of redirection and they end up not responding very favorably to a clip chart style of behavior management because they're always being called out and called out in the spotlight for doing something wrong. And so it kind of backfires. The second problem with traditional clip charts is that they are not effective for changing unwanted behaviors. They are signaling out the negative behaviors, but they don't go beyond why the behaviors are happening. So why is that kid constantly talking out or out of his seat or rolling on the floor, him or her, sorry. Um, So those are some things that a clip chart isn't really going to address. You kind of have to go beyond the clip chart in those instances. And I do talk about reasons for why students make the top mistakes in my classroom management course called Classroom Management Adventures, which I will talk more about at the end of this episode. And it's going to be linked in the show, no- show notes in case you're curious about giving that a look. Okay, the third and last problem, maybe not last, but the last one I'm mentioning today about clip charts is that it divides your class by targeting those students in the red. There's always the students that end up in the red all the time, and then they start beating themselves up, they start feeling bad about themselves. But not only does that happen, but it can make students feel anxious during lessons, even the good kids. And they're becoming more and more unfocused just thinking about the next time that they're going to be called out in front of the class to go and move their clip. These targeted students that are often in the red feel very divided from their peers and they're labeled as the bad student that nobody wants to be around, right? Nobody wants to play with little Susie that's constantly in trouble because then maybe they're going to get in trouble too. So it's signaling out those kids in an unfavorable way, and they're already signaled out naturally just from the fact that they're the ones that are not following the directions that you want. Okay, so let's get into alternatives that you can use instead of that traditional clip chart. And the first one I have is a positive-only focused clip chart. So the traditional clip chart, like I just discussed, has a good and a bad section, But what about just having it all positive? They're only clipping for positive things. It's not bringing about the negative things that they're happening. It's only focused on the positive. So this might be a way if you have to use a clip chart that you might be able to get away with using this clip chart. It's worth discussing with your admin and bringing up the research behind why you don't want to use a clip traditional clip chart. There's a ton of articles out there if you search for them that you can print or link in an email and send to your administration and explain to them why you want to try this positive only thing and maybe they'll let you give it a shot. I started my first year of teaching with a traditional clip chart because I just thought it was what everyone else did. Right At that time, there weren't very many teacher blogs. Instagram wasn't in, in any kind of an existence. And so I was going off of what I had seen, and I didn't know any better. And I quickly figured out it really didn't work for me. I didn't like having to constantly tell those kids to go move their clip because I saw the change the moment I said, move your clip, like their face kind of drops, their shoulders slump, you know, you can just see the attitudes changing. So I decided, because we were a PBIS school, that I was going to turn it into a PBIS-friendly system that worked with my school's behavior plan. 
This style of clip chart ended up working really well for me and my students because it was a system that they were already used to. They knew all about moving clips around, but it focused on what they were doing correctly. Students that were usually in the red on a traditional clip chart started working towards achieving their colors that they wanted. So here's how it worked. I used the school-wide five positive traits that they had collated, and we call it PAWS, P-A-W-S, positive traits, because our school mascot was a tiger. So each trait was an acronym of tigers, so timely, involved, gracious, enthusiastic, and responsible. These traits were assigned to color, and because I taught first grade, I thought, hey, I'll use rainbow order, because then it makes it easy for students to remember what color they're working on or what color they're missing. Each student had a spot in a large pocket chart, and I gave them an individual library card pocket to separate, because you know those The pocket chart I had was just the ones for the sentence strips, so it didn't have dividers. So my divider system was just library chart or library pockets. Each student had their own. And they were also given a blank monthly behavior chart that had a paw print inside each box for each day that they had to color in. So each little piece of the paw was a different or they would just color the whole paw, I believe, if I remember right, for what they had earned that day. Okay, so above the pocket chart, I had popsicle sticks in five colors, and I just had them, (laughs) this was very long ago. So way back in the day, Crystal Light had these nice cylinder containers that were plastic, and it was very easy to like anchor them into the wall with a push pin. So I had five of those, and I had the popsicle sticks separated out in each color, in those push pinned against the wall. I wish I had any pictures, but back then I didn't really take a whole lot of pictures. Well, I still don't take a whole lot of pictures because I'm in the busy in the moment and I'm grooving with my teaching that I totally always forget pictures. Anyway, so the students, as the students were showing these positive traits, they were given the corresponding stick to place in their pocket chart. And we had done a lot of front loading on what are these traits? What should they look like? what does it look like when you're doing them kind of like the whole daily five where they're mentioning the do's and the don'ts and going through like oh this is what the teacher does this is what the student does we kind of did that but with the traits and remember this was a school-wide rollout so the whole school was very familiar with what these traits were and they were discussed very regularly they were on the announcements so students were quite familiar with them So that's one thing to make sure that you're successful is to make sure that the students know very clearly the expectations of what you want for them to do in order to earn that. So students showed those traits. Then I said, hey, you earned the orange stick for the day. And then they would, I would go grab an orange stick and give it to them and they would put it in their little pocket chart card envelope. And then at the end of the day, depending on what colors they had, they would, they would color their paw that color. And I tried to just do them earning only one because there was five colors. So by the end of the week, they wanted to earn all five colors. If they went above and beyond in something, then maybe they could earn two sticks for that day. But this was like my second year of teaching, I want to say. So it wasn't super well thought out. It did have a few flaws, but it was a really good first step away from the traditional clip chart. So that is a good one to try if you want to follow along in my footsteps and kind of tweak it, make it your own. 
that works for me because I'm all about sharing ideas and information, which is why it's called shared teaching. The second alternative I have is very similar, but it's not a clip chart. It doesn't involve any kind of clipping and it is a character traits behavior system. So piggybacking on the system I just talked about is me refined many years later of teaching and this I created last year and I call it my character traits behavior system. And students are introduced to each trait through a variety of read-alouds and discussions. And there are six traits. I just really sat down and thought of what were the most, what were the traits that I really wanted my students to exemplify during the school year? What kind of people did I want them to become or stretch to reach their full potential and I really thought long and hard about what these traits were going to be and I came up with six. So I had posters created and or I made the posters. I didn't have them created but I created them and I they were just a quick very simple piece of paper that I just put the trait across the top so like citizenship and I had a cute little picture for those that have a harder time reading even though this was second grade you do have that in second grade so I like to do picture supported whenever possible plus I just think it looks very cute so we went through each of the traits we did a variety of read alouds and discussions and then I chose one trait, which was their weekly focus and also the class goal. So as a class, we chose the incentive. So what I like to do is just ask kids, hey, do you have some ideas? And then we just jot them down on the whiteboard. And then we look at voting for the top one. So I ask them to raise their hand. I'm like, okay, which one is your favorite? You can only pick one of them. And then I read through the list and then we tally mark. And then from there, we choose our winners. And then from the winners, let's say with the top three, I choose my favorite from there. That's how we end up with our class goal. And the goal can be centered on maybe a number. So maybe we're working towards doing this X amount of times. Or maybe there's like a little mini challenge. Maybe the class wants to do or create something that follows along with this trait. When an individual student is exhibiting one of the traits, they get to take their dry erase marker and write their name on the poster that is posted on the wall. And then they mark a tally on their weekly recording sheet. So I like to have recording sheets because it's It's really more to satisfy parents that like to have that report on their kids' behavior. Parents like the traditional. They like what they knew in school. They don't like things that are very unknown to them, especially if it's not really explained to them. So having a chart that gets sent home, oh, this is familiar. Okay, I like this. It's, is it necessary? No, but it helps keep your parents in the loop. It keeps them happy. We like happy parents, happy parents, happy students, happy classroom. So it's just another little thing that helps get you on board with parents, helps you make sure that you're communicating with them in an easy way. And students are responsible for it. So if you want to just go around and do a random spot check, like, okay, you should have five. I see five up posters. And I see here you put 10 tallies. So let's fix that, shall we? (laughs) So you don't have to micromanage it too much. Uh, Hopefully most of the kids are 
pretty honest. Those that might be a little tricky are ones that you can make sure to keep your eye on and do. Back in the day when I did the positive traits, some kids would try to color their... Actually, no, before we did positive traits, when it was just the regular clip chart, I would have kids color their color at the end of the day. And so like the kids that were on red would try to color it like over, like, no, I was blue. I was at the top of the chart. So I would go with a Sharpie and I would write what they got in words (laughs) so that like they they can't color that out. So then um, it was a little bit more accurate. But anyway... Let's say on the report card, or the report cards, the recording sheets go home with their child about their behavior, and then each week a new class goal and trait are chosen. So you don't want to make goals too lofty here because you're trying to meet the goal within a week. So small little mini things is what you want to do, and you don't have to do anything monetary. My goal in my classroom is always to get kids to have that intrinsic motivation. I don't want them to always expect to get something. So I try to avoid that. But if you are all about that prize box and tangible things, then that's okay too. It's whatever works for you. Students have many chances to learn your expectations for these traits. As the weeks progress, the traits are repeated. And then it helps them improve their behavior because they're now showing those positive things. And you're focusing on the positive. You're not focusing on the negative. You're not calling out the negative behaviors. So the trend is more a nice, happy vibe in the classroom. You can read more about this in the podcast episode I recorded called Revising Your Classroom Management Plan After Break, episode number 38. That will also be linked in the show notes in case you're driving or you just can't listen to it at this time. You can always come back and read the show notes. All the links will be in there. Last but not least, the third alternative I have today for a a clip chart is to do a whole class reward system. So when you're looking for an alternative to clip chart, you might want to consider shifting the, the focus from individual to whole class. Often when there are whole class incentives, students work together to support and encourage each other to earn the reward. So one of my favorite class reward systems is a teacher versus students game. And this is, this is an idea that I got from Whole Brain Teaching. If you don't know them, you can look up Whole Brain Teaching and it's called the scoreboard. So it's very simple. You just have a paper that you write teacher and then students and then If they are doing what you expect them to be doing, they get a student tally. If they do something wrong, oh, bummer, you get a teacher tally. So you collect the tallies based on the desired behavior you're tracking for a short period of time. So let's say you say, okay, during math right now, we're going to focus on making sure our eyes are looking at the board and our ears are listening. Oh, I see everyone's doing that. Great. We get a student tally. Yay. And then you give them a tally. And if you say, oh, I see a few people are not. Oh, bummer. I get a teacher tally. And then they'll straighten up. So you're just tracking those tallies and then maybe the next time it's like, okay, we're lining up. Now when we're lining up, this is what I'm looking for and we're going to look for tallies. I know some people keep it on their lanyards or they can like carry it on the go. So there's a lot involved with it. I make it kind of simplified because I don't follow the whole idea of whole brain teaching, but it is a really great system, I guess you could say, for behavior management that works very well. There's a lot of schools and classrooms and teachers that use it and follow it. 
So I will also have a link to that in my show notes. Now the winner gets bragging rights, but you could also offer small, inexpensive, tangible rewards. And remember, it's a whole class reward, so the whole class would get it. Another whole class reward system I like to use is just an anchor chart. So I have a discussion with students to vote on the class reward. Like I talked earlier, I do this a lot at my class. I like to involve the students to make them feel like they have a voice. And then I create an anchor chart with our incentive written in the center of the chart. Now I choose the number that they must as a class reach to earn the reward. And as the students individually earn it, they sign their name on a square in the pocket chart. So I use this with my class to try to increase iReady minutes because we had to do iReady. And it really worked to help them motivate each other because I said everyone has to have their name on the poster at least one time in order for the whole class to get the reward. So then when we got towards the end of the the chart and I had a couple kids that just hadn't earned it yet, the whole class kind of was like pulling for them like, come on, get it done, let's go. I chose pretty decent number because I wanted this to last for a while. I wanted them to work for a couple weeks to earn this reward. So I had 23 students and I chose 100 as my number. But here's the thing, each week the expectation was they were supposed to have three lessons for reading and three lessons for math done. So they could, in theory, get their name on that poster two times each week, which adds up to being not a lot of weeks for the whole class to earn that incentive and roll over to start getting a whole new one. So pick something that's attainable that's not going to take months and months and months to accomplish and just make a simple anchor chart with it. And I wish I would have thought to take a picture of it, but again, I get in the get in the role of doing my my groove and thing and then I always forget to take these nice pictures and stuff. Hopefully you can picture that. And then if you are confused about where to start figuring out a behavior system that works for you, you might want to sign up for my course, Classroom Management Adventure, which helps elementary teachers design a classroom management plan tailored to them. So you can find out more by going to sharedteaching.com forward slash classroom dash management dash adventure and enroll for that class and it's available now for you to binge watch all the lessons and it is only $29 for lifetime access and if I ever update it you get the updates as well with no added cost so that's a good thing to look for. Okay so hopefully you enjoyed this first effort Saturday summer series and I look forward to having you come back and listen to our next episode on Wednesday. Bye for now. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching, hitting that subscribe button, and leaving us a review on iTunes so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast. Pushed, pushed. <laughs> so, okay. Miss, um,